0: CHAPTER 43 OF THE ONTARIO READERS' THIRD BOOK BY THE ONTARIO MINISTRY OF EDUCATION READ FOR LIBRIVOX.ORG BY TIMOTHY FERGUSON SPORTS IN NORMAN, ENGLAND BY WILLIAM FitzStephen. AFTER DINNER, ALL THE YOUTH OF THE CITY GO INTO THE FIELD OF THE SUBURBS AND ADDRESS THEMSELVES TO THE FAMOUS GAME OF FOOTBALL. THE SCHOLARS OF EACH SCHOOL HAVE THEIR PECULIAR BALL, AND THE PARTICULAR TRADES HAVE, MOST OF THEM, THEIRS. THE ELDERS OF THE CITY, THE FATHERS OF THE PARTIES, AND THE RICH AND WEALTHY COME TO THE FIELD ON HORSEBACK, IN ORDER TO BEHOLD THE EXERCISES OF THE YOUTH, AND IN APPEARANCE ARE THEMSELVES AS YOUTHFUL AS THE YOUNGEST, SEEMING TO BE REVIVED AT THE SIGHT OF SO MUCH AGILITY, AND IN A PARTICIPATION OF THE DIVERSION OF THEIR FESTIVE SONS. AT EASTER THE DIVERSION IS PROSECUTED ON THE WATER. A target is strongly fastened to a trunk or mast fixed in the middle of the river, and a youngster standing upright in the stern of a boat, made to move as fast as the oars and current can carry it, is to strike the target with his lance, and, if in hitting it he breaks his lance and keeps his place in the boat, he gains his point and triumphs. But if it happens that the lance is not shivered by the force of the blow, he is, of course, tumbled into the water and away goes his vessel without him however a couple of boats of young men are placed one on each side of the target so as to be ready to take up the unsuccessful adventurer the moment he emerges from the stream and comes fairly to the surface the bridge and the balconies on the banks are filled with spectators whose business is to laugh on holidays in summer the pastime of the youth is to exercise themselves in archery in running leaping wrestling casting of stones and flinging to certain distances and lastly with bucklers in the winter holidays when the vast lake which waters the walls of the city towards the north is hard frozen the youth in great numbers go to divert themselves on the ice some taking a small run place their feet at the proper distance and are carried sliding sideways a great way others will make a large cake of ice and seating one of their companions upon it they take hold of one another's hands and draw him along when it sometimes happens that moving so swiftly on so slippery a plane they all fall down headlong others there are who are still more expert in these amusements on the ice they place certain bones the leg bones of some animal under the soles of their feet by tying them round their ankles and then taking a pole shod with iron in their hands they push themselves forward by striking it against the ice and are carried along with a velocity equal to the flight of a bird or a bolt discharged from a crossbow. sometimes two of them thus furnished agree to start opposite one to another at a great distance they meet elevate their poles attack and strike each other when one or both of them fall and not without some bodily hurt and even after their fall they should be carried a good distance from each other by the rapidity of the motion. Very often the leg or arm of the party that falls, if he chances to light upon them, is broken. But youth is an age ambitious of glory, fond and covetous of victory, and that in future time it may acquit itself boldly and valiantly in real engagements, it will run these hazards in sham ones. Hawking and hunting were sports only for persons of quality, and woe be to the unhappy man of the lower orders who indulged in either of these sports if caught he would be severely punished and might have his eyes put out after breakfast knights with their ladies ride out each bearing upon his wrist a falcon with scarlet hood and collar of gold as they near the river a heron who has been fishing for his breakfast among the reeds near the bank hears them and spreading his wings flies upward a knight slips the hood from the falcon's head and the next instant he sees the heron away he darts while knights and ladies rein in their horses and watch up and up he goes until he passes the heron and still he flies higher next instant he turns and with a terrible swoop downwards pounces upon the heron and kills it the knight sounds his whistle and instantly the falcon turns and darts back to him for the dainty food which is given as a reward for his good hunting he is then chained and hooded again until another bird rises. So the morning passes, and many a bird do the falcons bring down before the knights and ladies return to the castle for noon meat. William Fitzstephen, adapted. And he that doth the ravens feed, yea, providently caters for the sparrow. Be comfort to my age shakespeare end of chapter forty three recording by timothy ferguson gold coast australia this recording is in the public domain